Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hi there, and welcome to starting a counseling practice podcast with Zinni Me. This is Miranda Palmer here today. And I'm so delighted to have David Frank here today talking about this topic that we don't always like as therapists, this topic that can sometimes bring up feelings of a lack of surety, um, insecurity, confusion. And it often has us um, Googling, <laughs> asking questions in Facebook groups, and often getting misinformation. And this is the topic of how do I decide what my business entity should actually be? How do I set that up legally and, and appropriately? And we're really delighted to have this conversation today. And we're super delighted that we're going to have a whole free training for you. So please know that we're going to start this conversation today, but we have a whole free recorded training that you can come to. Um, go to zinnime.com and get signed up like ASAP because those spots are going really fast. So we've got David Frank. David um, is from turningpointhq.com. David, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Miranda. I'm super excited to be here. And as you mentioned, I'm super excited to be doing the training, which is coming up really soon. So um, yeah, my name is David Frank. I am a financial planner and the founder of Turning Point uh, Financial Life Planning. And that is a financial planning practice that is entirely focused on helping therapists with their financial lives. And the way I like to think of it, sort of the tagline, is that I help therapists grow their impact and build lives that they love. Because I think that all of this finance stuff, whether it's on your practice side, your small business side, whether it's on the personal side, it's all about supporting yourself and spending your time and devoting your time energy um, um, to doing things in life that you really want to and making your life better. So thrilled to be here. I love it. You know, I think it's such an interesting um, piece because this area of LLCs and professional corporations and S-corps and taxes is a place that a lot of therapists, their stress level goes up. And totally. so that can lead to them making a lot of mistakes, kind of throwing yes. money at problems or oversimplifying issues because yeah. we don't want to go out and get a whole degree in finance. Sure. We don't want to have a whole degree in like being uh, an attorney so we can do these, uh, figure out what we should be doing as a business entity. Right. But we do need a certain like basis of knowledge so that we can ask the right questions. Right. I'm wondering if you could share some examples. I know I have some examples of what happens for therapists in particular, mm -hmm. if they don't have a good basis of knowledge when they go and talk to an attorney or a, um, or a CPA, or when they start Googling and, you know, signing yeah. up, how do I form my LLC? And they, you know, click yeah. on the, <laughs> the yeah. online, oh, look, I've paid $99 and now I have an LLC. It's done. It's That's done. I'm all set. Yeah. I'm, I'm set. Easy. What are some of the yeah. mistakes you've seen? Yeah. So um, but before I jump into answering that question, I just wanted to like, just acknowledge what you said sort of at the outset and un underscore how important and, and common it is when we're dealing when not just therapists, but any small business owner 
um, you know, we didn't get into business to navigate all this stuff. We didn't go to school to figure all this stuff out. I mean, I did actually go to school to figure a lot of the stuff out, but most people didn't, right? Most small business owners haven't. And so, you know, you show up to this and you're like, oh gosh, I have to figure this out. And it, it's overwhelming and it creates anxiety. And I love what you said. It's just like, you get so tense and like, oh, and like, you, I just need an answer. I want to get out of this discomfort. And I think there's a couple of like nuggets of wisdom there. Like, one, I think just in life in general and being a small business owner, it's just like making space for the emotion and just being okay oh. with the discomfort and being okay with the anxiety and to release to the extent possible kind of some of the self-judgment and the shooting on myself. Oh, I should have figured this out. This shouldn't be so difficult for me. You know, the therapist down the street or this person that I know, they've got it figured out. Oh, it's so easy for them. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't whatever your experience with it is, it's okay. And there just are so many things as small business owners. And I'm, I'm a small business owner myself. Like that's what turning point is there. You know, we're always pushing at our edges. We're always trying to grow and growth is a little uncomfortable and those things come up. So it's just, I always say, first step is just like, take a deep breath and be like, okay, I'm showing up for this. It's, it's, it's possibly going to be a little uncomfortable. There's some fear that's going to show up and that is okay. That doesn't mean I can't figure it out. It doesn't mean that I'm bad at this stuff. It doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. It just means that's my experience and I'm just going to show up with my experience and be okay with it. So I'm a huge proponent of that. I think it's so, so, so important. I think it's, I think that's huge. And I think it's so interesting too, to know to be aware of well, ha what happens when I'm, when I am feeling the fear, yeah, um, yes. what happens when that place, do I tend to, do I tend to shut down? Do I yes. tend to um, dis disconnect from my own intuition? Right. Do I can just tend to defer? Do I tend to not ask questions? And like, what mm. do I need right. from like a guide point? Like I'm thinking of the first time that I started asking or having these questions about setting up um, an S-Corp or setting up an entity. And I went to a CPA that was someone that I knew and trusted who worked with other therapists. Mm -hmm. And they were having this conversation. They're like, oh, no, it's really not going to make sense for you. It's not going to save you on any taxes, what have you. And I was like, oh, OK. Um, I, I suppose like that makes sense. And that kept, honestly, there was a part of me that was like, ooh, she's like, yeah, once you get through the basic taxes, like it really doesn't make sense. And then almost as an aside, the CPA went, actually, well, what's your income like? And I told her <laughs> and she goes, oh, oh yeah, no, you need a file uh, at the corporation. Yes. She said, oh, I'm so used to working with therapists that aren't making a good income mm. that I made an assumption. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. But had I, had she not caught herself. Right. And I think it was even something I said in particular that like she went, oh, wait, what's that? And then, mm -hmm. and then kind of came back around and completely changed the tune had, and I didn't know that how much money I made mattered in that right. deter determination. Right. And I think it's so important to know that that piece of, if we don't understand that part of knowing that even, which I know we'll get into in the training and probably come up later, that there are times where sometimes you look at this situation and somebody goes, oh, no, you don't need to be an escort. And that might make sense for you right now. Or like there may be right. something of that tax designation, but six months or 12 months or 18 months from now, 
it may make a different financial sense. Absolutely. You know, like the numbers will change. Yeah. Uh, there's so much good about what you just said. So much we can take from that story. But I think like the one thing that really jumps out to me is that when um, trying to get back to your, your original question a little bit too, of just like, what should people be thinking about and, and working with a professional, especially a CPA when thinking about a, a, an attorney or a CPA, depending, but when it comes to S corps in particular, a, a good CPA is going to be your friend. I think the first thing to do is just notice when you're getting advice around this stuff, are there questions being asked of you first? Is the person that's giving you advice asking you questions about the particulars of your situation? Are they really getting to know you before they rush into prescribing what you should or should not do? And of course, you're not gonna know, oh, are these questions they're asking me good ones or bad ones? Are they asking the right questions? You're not gonna know that. And that's completely understandable. But if they're not asking any questions or very few questions, that is a big, red flag. And, and when business entities and S-Corps in general, it's, it's confusing. It's complicated. It's this intersection of law and tax and, in, and, and accounting. Like it's, it's, it's really something. So I like to say that um, when you go into a conversation like this, take everything as sort of a, a, any conversation you have, really any with, with professionals, even in the beginning when you're interviewing perhaps different professionals, take everything you hear and read as a data point, not definitive guidance, because no one really, you know, it's just like we have a tendency sometimes if we're feeling especially anxious and want just to resolve and get out of this discomfort and solve the problem and move on with our lives, we just like, oh, I want a quick, easy solution. That's perfect. That sounds good. I'm going to run with it. And instead, just kind of like stay and just like ask questions of the person you're interacting with. Ask them, just ask them to explain things. I think that is like one of the best ways. Just like, hey, hey, um, you know, I'm a therapist. I, this stuff is a little confusing to me, but can you walk me through the basics here? And I think if you just interview like three CPAs and be like, hey, can you just walk me through the basics? And, you know... Who, who knows how that's going to go, but like you'll have very different experiences. Some people will probably overwhelm you with details and you'll be like, oh my God, that's not helpful at all. Mm -hmm. um, some people have nice, simple explanations, which feel too simple. You might notice that explanations conflict between two different providers. And that's just like all information for you to be like, oh, okay. Um, and, you know, as an aside, one of the one of the reasons this stuff is so complicated is because if you go back and think about your civics class in high school or middle school in this country, we have three levels of government, federal, state and local. And guess what? All three levels might have something to say about the taxes that you pay in your business. So if I live in upstate New York, forming an S Corp could be a great idea. If I live over the uh, over the over, in a different geography, if I live in New York City, on the other stand, on the other hand, guess what? Escort probably almost certainly a terrible idea because of the way the city of New York taxes S-Corps. So, you know, two miles in, in geography, dramatically different answer in terms of what's best. So yeah, it's complicated. Um, and sorry, go, go ahead. <laughs> I, could, I could keep talking, I think, but I wanted to say, I, keep talking. No, talking. I, well, I love this piece of like interviewing multiple providers always. Yeah. And yeah, always. I think, it's an interesting piece that I've noticed that I have gone to providers where one person like talked in such a way that I just left feeling confused and feeling kind of stupid. Gosh, and another yes. person um, talked in such a way where they like, where I'd be like, Oh no, I understand that part. They're like, no, 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 you don't get it. And I'm like, okay. Right. So I'm like, okay, no, like here's the question I really have. They're like, no, 
stop. You need to listen to me, like pontificate. And I'm like, I'm paying you by the hour. I yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sure don't. Right? So like that place of like, I need someone like understanding what you need, right? From the yeah. person so and good. realizing that because you go to someone and they make, maybe you leave feeling like an idiot, that may not have anything to do with you or your expertise level or no. anything because there are certain professionals who treat everyone like they are an idiot. Yes, <laughs> like that's they right. really are demeaning. And so if you run into a professional like that to leave and go, oh, that didn't, that really didn't feel good. Right? Yeah. It didn't feel good. And so you want to to create a relationship with someone where maybe it is stretching your edges but where the way that someone is talking to you and the way that they're treating you is with respect absolutely. and encouragement and that they're meeting you where you're at. Yes. Um, so absolutely. you can have that experience. So there's safety. You should always feel safe to ask your provider a question. You should always feel safe to yes. ask for resource. You should always feel safe to know that like, this is the person you're hiring and trusting there needs to be actual trust. And if you don't trust your provider, that's that's not a good relationship. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, I, I like to say like one of the best responses to a, a situation like that is like I, to, to, when you're working with a provider, it's just be like, I, I don't understand. I'm sorry. That didn't make sense. And, and the way I think about it, like if someone were to attend my training uh, next week and they go through it and they're like, oh, my God, that was completely overwhelming and confusing. I didn't understand a thing that guy was saying, oh my God, I must be terrible at that stuff. Like, no, 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 that's not on the attendee, that's on me. I, I really hope that doesn't happen. I'm doing my very best to happen. But if you interact with a professional and you leave being terrible and feeling like you are an idiot or whatever word you talk, whatever word you wanna choose. Yeah, whatever um, that's your negative self-talk is. Whatever your negative self-talk is, that a, not true, you know, like, um, and and that's not that's not your fault. Like that's that's the responsibility of the person you were working with. And you know what? That person they might be a brilliant tech tactician, or technically they might be brilliant, and they are probably not the right person to, to work with. Because um, it does. It needs to be a safe space. And these are these are your as a small business owner. These are your decisions. This is your business. This is your baby in some senses. It's almost like your your child. So like take you want to take good care of it. And, you know, you wouldn't, I don't know, you wouldn't leave your kid with like a, a daycare center who is like totally like telling you like, you're a terrible parent, you're doing this wrong. I know the right thing to do. Just leave it all to me. You'd be like, forget it. Like what? You're like, this is terrible. Like the same thing for, you know, for your business. This is all, at the end of the day, all this business stuff, like it really is kind of self-care. It's like, it's, it's at least an extension of self-care or self-care adjacent because taking care of your business is how you take care of yourself financially in the world. And you know, I mean, there's two, th the way I think about it, there are two things in this world that touches everything in your life. And those two things are emotion and money. Like, so, you know, and they're, and they're all bundled together. And so taking time with this stuff and really, um, yeah, just knowing that two things, A, you, des you deserve working, you deserve financial professionals that treat you as an intelligent, competent human being that you are. Um, so if you can't find those, uh, keep looking. They're out there. You will be able to yeah. find them, but don't settle. And the second thing is, I know this finance, accounting, tax stuff can feel overwhelming. And, and again, that's okay. And as licensed mental health care professionals, my gosh, you have more than enough 
intellectual horsepower to figure this stuff out. It is not that confusing. You don't need to be an expert. You need to, don't need to be doing this yourself. You, have, you just need to understand the sort of the basics of how this stuff works to be able to ask good questions and make sure that you're working with people that you should trust and that really do know what they're doing and are doing it in a thoughtful way. And I have zero doubt that everyone that attends the training like is able to do this stuff. Again, it's like if they're getting confused by information they're gathering or interacting with, that's the responsibility or fault perhaps of the person that put that information together, not, not of them. It's not yeah. a shortcoming. Well, and again, it's if you're getting conflicting data too, that's grist for the mill, as we say as therapists. That's yeah. like write it down and go right. back to one of the other people saying, hey, you said this and this person said that, help me understand. Oh, I love that. Where the, um, help me understand. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. not sure what makes more sense. And then maybe as you get a little bit more data, it starts to click for you. And you realize even in asking questions of both those individuals, who might be the person that you would trust. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Um, Absolutely. So going back to this idea of like kind of what goes wrong when therapists don't have some of the basic information and questions that they need. Um, right. I know one of the things that I've seen is that a therapist will go and either choose something online, like through LegalZoom.com, mm -hmm. um, or they will go to a lawyer or CPA who doesn't specialize, who do, does not specialize in therapists, right. and get advice. And they will actually sometimes direct them to do things that are actually like not kosher or not <laughs> not legal. Yep. Have you seen that yeah. as well? Hundred percent. I actually more more than I would like to. Yeah, I, I see it, and and it's and, and again, it's understandable. It's totally confusing, and I would just like to say before we dive into this, it's it's okay. Like you might make a mistake. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. All this stuff, like it's not like you have to get it perfectly right the first time, or you're, you know, you're, you're screwed forever. It's not true. You can make a wrong decision and be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to correct this again. Like progress, not perfection, is like something I love to hammer on for all this stuff. So it might feel like, oh my gosh, I have to get this right. I mean, yeah, let's get it as right as we can and recognize that it's a continual uh, process. But you're exactly right. If you're working with an attorney who I like to think of, there's two levels of specialization that you ideally want to find. One, someone who's familiar with working with um, therapists is, is ideal. But if, if they don't specialize in therapists, they at least specialize in working with professionals who are licensed by the state government. Um, that is really what you want to make sure you have. And the, so that's the specialization, number one, sort of um, the professionals that this attorney or, or CPA works with. And then the second piece is really understands um, your specific geography. So like where I'm living, um, usually that's state level is usually good enough. 
but there are certain cities that you can live in where you really want the attorney to understand or the CPA to understand what is the particulars of what happens and what is required in my area. And just like at a, at a business entity level, when we think about an LLC or forming a professional corporation, what I see all the time is that, yeah, it's, it's easy to form an LLC through LegalZoom or similar providers. But if you're a licensed professional in many states, not all states, but in many states, you have to have a professionally designated entity. So not just a plain LLC, you need a professional LLC or PLLC. And we're both in the state of California. And if you're a licensed professional, not just a therapist, but any doctor, attorney, et cetera, if you're in California, you cannot legally form an LLC. It has to be a professional corporation. That is the only option we have in the state. For better or for worse, those are what the rules are. So, and you know, and don't panic. If you're in Los Angeles and you formed an LLC and you've been operating it through it, through it for years, don't panic. It, it can be fixed. And it is something like you, you want to fix, you know, probably sooner rather than later, but it's not a complete catastrophe. It doesn't mean it, like nothing, very few things can't be undone or fixed, but so that's, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and I, I think that's such a piece that like it can be fixed. If for some reason you have gotten, you know, unclear advice or just wrong advice, you can fix this. It's just yeah. going into that place and not putting our head in the sand yes. and not even, I, we were talking a little bit before we recorded that idea of like, well, no one's checking our work and no one's gonna like send right. you a letter saying hey you can't do that in california like they won't do that's that that's right the yeah. only time that somebody will check your work is when david it's right yeah it's like when you show when you're getting audited by the irs or when like when you're in a court proceeding for some reason about something that's gone wrong and then the court will be like oh you can't do this but we're like we're just going to throw that llc out it's like it never existed so it's not like you don't really get penalized for having done the wrong thing you get penalized for like needing the entity to be in place yeah. and then having the wrong one. So no big deal if it's like set up wrong, we'll just fix it. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But like, let's look at it. Let's, let's, you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, we also mentioned before we hit the record button, this is, this is business entity taxation. It's not a set it and forget it type of a thing. It's something you need to be, it doesn't need to be your life. And it needs to be something that you consistently interact with maybe every quarter, maybe once a month, certainly at least once a year, you're sitting down and just refreshing and thinking about it and being like, okay, is this, is this going right? Maybe um, interacting or consulting with a trusted professional just to make sure that everything's sort of continuing because your business changes, the tax regulations change, the legal environment can change. Um, and we just need to keep this stuff alive and keep looking at it and making sure that it still fits for the practice um, that you have today. And Miranda, like you said earlier, you know, at, at certain stages of your business, an S-corp election might not make any sense at all, but then you grow, your income changes, who knows, you move states, whatever, and things can change. And then it's like, oh, oh God, the way we were doing it before was okay, but it would be much, much better to do it this way. Yeah, I mean, I've had clients where they're like, oh my gosh, I paid an extra $20,000 in taxes last year that I didn't need to, to do. Like Indeed, this is the yeah. amount that it will save me to do this S corp election. Oh, wow. This, this is, oh, this is suddenly worth, worth the energy, um, yeah. worth the time, worth the investment. Right. And I think also like understanding that that piece of that there's some maintenance involved in your business. Right. Right. And I think as therapists, what happens is that we think of ourselves fully as service providers 
Mm-hmm. You know, we use this term private practice as opposed to we are a business owner. <laughs> mm, right. Um, yeah. Like I'm not in practice, I'm in business. And so yeah. as a business owner, I need to do more than just serve my clients. I need to put some things in place and take care of, right? It's almost like, hey, yes. if, if you own a home, you're responsible mm. for, oh, wait, oh, the paint's shipping. Well, not a big deal until the water gets into the inside of your stucco and starts breaking and cracking things. <laughs> right. you know? totally. There's a certain amount of maintenance that we need for the structure of our, of our home to keep us protected, to keep us from having leaks, to keep us from having other issues. And sometimes things will break and need a little, a little attention. And so right. we, a, a good homeowner kind of takes that into account. They budget for that time-wise, they budget for that right in terms yes. of investment and money. We need to do that as a business owner. This is like a foundation and structure, what we're yes. doing with our taxes, what we're doing with the actual business entity um, it, it needs some love and attention, just like our estate plan, right? Like in yeah, theory, right? If, yeah. if you have a kid and you do an estate, oh, here's my godparent or what have you. And suddenly your kids are, you get divorced or you have a child that is out of the house, all these other things. Suddenly you're like, oh, my whole estate plan, none of the logistics make any sense. I don't talk to that person anymore. I'm supposed to like <laughs> right. take care yeah. of my kid or whatever the dynamic is. We need to give it attention. Yeah. Yeah. I love so much of that. Like I think of like this estate planning stuff, all that stuff. I really, that stuff, you know, it's not super fun. We're all busy. We have a million things to do. We're running these small businesses. Who has time to think about that stuff? It, we're all stressed in that regard. And I think it, it, I think of that stuff sort of as an extension of loving kindness to the people that I interact with mm-hmm. and even to my future self, because I think taking care of your business, evaluating S corp elections and other smart tax moves, um, that's really a way of like taking care of yourself. And this is a bit of an overused analogy, but it is kind of a little bit like putting your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. Like if you can't, like we take care of yourself, not because you're greedy and want more money or whatever, but like money isn't inherently evil, right? Like what you're creating more uh, financial abundance, more sustenance for yourself to go out into the world, to grow your impact, to help more people in different and better ways. And uh, there's just, th- this is self-care stuff. I really think that, and, and there's nothing wrong with doing that, right? You know, it's, it's yes. super, super important. I think that's a thing that we, we talk with our clients all the time about that money is a resource. Yes. Like it is just a resource. It that's is right. not your fee is just, this is the resource that I need to be able to sit down in front of someone and be fully present for them mm-hmm. and really hear them and right. be able to really help them, to be able to refer them out if I can't. Like all right. of that is the resource because what happens out of that fee that they pay me? I pay for my space and my liability coverage and consultation and vacation time and sick time so I don't have to sit in front of them when yes. I'm sick yes. and retirement so that I don't feel like I need to be doing this forever. And 100%. you know, all of these different pieces like all of that comes out of that fee that someone pays you. It isn't that they're paying you for an hour of work. It is yeah. so much, so much more as a business owner. Yeah. Yeah. Love all. <laughs> yes. Yes. To all of that. Yay! Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So what are other mistakes that you see therapists making when it comes to the LLC and S corp conversation? Yeah. So I think the big, we talked a little bit about LLC and business entities and the other big part of the conversation is this S corp 
tax election. And I don't want to be overly semantic here, but I think it is important to recognize that the S Corp is a, it's not a business entity. Like you don't own an S Corp. The S Corp is a tax election that is available to certain business entities. And again, I know that probably sounds like semantics, but I think the more clear we can be around language, the more clear we can be around our thinking. And I don't expect everyone to speak about this stuff perfectly. That's like, that's overwhelming. But when you're interacting with a professional, I want it to be clear and just to help think about these things as, as distinct. Um, anyway, so that, that's part one. This, the thing that I think I see when it comes to S-Corps or, or the S-Corp tax election that I, I really want to, people to start thinking differently about is just, not everyone's doing this, but it's just sort of this mindset that like, oh, my CPA told me I should do this thing. I don't really understand how it works. It's just sort of this magical tax election and I'm saving money on taxes. And like, I don't really understand how they're doing it, but like, it's cool, I'm paying less on taxes. Yes, great. But like the, the most important thing I want people to understand about the S Corp election is, is kind of how it works. And we won't get into all those details right now, but part of it is setting what your salary level is gonna be because you will, this is kind of confusing. We'll talk about it more in the, uh, like that's a subtle plug to sign up for the webinar. We'll talk through this in great detail <laughs> yes. and it'll be a lot clearer, but you break your, in an S corp election, you break your compensation into two distinct pieces. One will be your salary and you literally will run payroll for yourself. Even if you're the only person in your small business, you run a paycheck, a payroll, you receive a paycheck. That's part one of your compensation. Part two of your compensation is like the profit distribution or the, just what comes other than payroll. Um, and that's everything that's left over after all the expenses are incurred in your business. So you have those two different pieces and those two different pieces are taxed differently. And that's how you save money. And again, we'll get into all those details, but the lower, the smaller you make that paycheck, the smaller you make your compensation, the more in taxes you're going to save. And I've seen, and, and great, let's do that. And let's think about like what the implications of that are. And there, there are a number, but the, the biggest one is that the IRS gets it, right? They understand this. They're like, if you set your salary super, super low, you're avoiding a lot of self-employment taxes. And that might be okay, but that salary number, that needs to have a basis. There needs to be a thought process behind that. It needs to be what the IRS calls reasonable compensation. And we'll talk more about how to think through and define what reasonable compensation might be for you as a small business owner in the webinar. But it, there needs to be a thought process there. I've seen more times than like, I really feel comfortable. People just like seeing a tax return and I'll be like, you're making over a hundred thousand dollars here and taking a salary of like $2,000. That is maybe okay, but we need like, how can we defend this? Because one of the, one of the yeah. myths I think about business entities is like, oh, if I form an LLC or a professional corporation or what have you, my audit risk will go down. And that's kind of true, kind of not true. But the reality is the IRS just doesn't blindly pick numbers out of a hat to see who's gets, getting audited. They've got computer systems, maybe not the best computer systems, but they have computer systems that are analyzing this data. And if they see a huge profit distribution and a teeny tiny salary, they're gonna be like, we need to go talk to this person and see what's going on. And if or when that happens, the answer to why your salary is set at $2,000 it, if, the, if your answer is, oh, I don't know, it's just what my CPA told me to do, uh, not going to be the best answer. You want to be like, oh, well, we've thought about it. We looked at this data. We adjusted it for this reason. And like, here's the, here's the answer. If you have a pretty decent answer, you know, I'm not an expert on audits, but like, if you have a decent answer, you're going to be in a much better position. 
So the bottom line is, again, not being an expert. You don't have to have all the answers. However, I want people to understand what are the big decisions that I'm making here and be involved in those big decisions because the big decisions aren't nuanced, super complicated tax maneuvers. They're pretty basic things if we just sit down and understand them before diving into them. Ah, I love, I cannot wait for you to come and do this training. The training is free y'all, but you do have to attend live or we will have the recording and you'll be able to watch the recording for a week. We're only gonna have the recording up for a week for y'all who sign up, who are part of our community. And that's because we want you to actually watch it. <laughs> we are bright, we're basically bribing you. We are bringing this amazing speaker in and we're bribing you with a free training because we think this is such important information that every therapist is in private practice or going in private practice needs. We want you to go in and take it in. Oh my goodness. Okay. So as we start to wrap up, cause you know, people have low attention spans and we want them just to Fair go and enough. sign up as any need yeah. come. Um, yeah. What is, if someone for some reason doesn't come to your training next week, which would just be silly. I'm yeah, sure that crazy. they will. Crazy. <laughs> but if there was one piece of advice that you want to give to therapists who are listening to this, well, one thing that you want to leave them with, what would that be? Uh, the one thing I think I kind of touched on it before is that just like note, well, you, you really said it like, just note, just pay attention to yourself, S create some time to deal with this. I kind of, I, I call it the Holy Trinity somewhat jokingly. It's like finance, tax, and accounting, um, accounting and bookkeeping is sort of our one thing, but those three things set aside some time, if not every week, at least once a month to just spend some time with it. And you don't even, you don't need to cure cancer and like, you know, you don't need to go from zero to 60 immediately. Maybe you just like log into your accounts and just like notice like, oh, am I anxious? And like, what's, if, if I'm anxious, if I'm feeling a degree of overwhelm, just note like, what do I do? How do I, what's my relationship with those emotions? And then just like, keep coming back to it, keep coming back to it and just like, keep making progress. I really believe that like, that, that poor decisions get made when we're in this heightened anxious state. And the more we, exp I mean, it's kind of like exposure therapy, I suppose. The more we expose ourselves and just I'm going to say, stuff, David, you're but... sounding a lot like a therapist in this podcast. <laughs> like, it is cracking me up how much that, I'm like, are you sure you didn't go and do a little psych degree before the, the final? Well, I did, you know, uh, one of my, one of my first clients, he was like, he's like, Dave, by the way, he's like, if, if you ever are looking for the next stage of your career, he's like, just go back and become a therapist. He's like, I think you could do this. And I was just like, you know, I never say never. I don't know. But like, I also really believe like, I mean, I've worked with therapists a lot over the course of my life. They've been, I mean, this, 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 I, I didn't come to this way of thinking just like, I didn't come into the world this way. I was taught this by some really great therapists and some other people in my life. Um, but this is, this is how we do life. Like we have relationships with everything around us and money and finance is just one of those things. And it can be a very healthy, balanced, happy relationship. And it can be a stressful relationship sometimes in the course of the same day, because that's just how life goes. Right. So it's just like getting in the process of this and building your relationship and building um, the muscles and just, and just know that you're smart enough to handle this stuff. You're more than smart enough to, to figure this stuff out. Um, the more you spend time with it, the more the anxiety will be okay, or you'll be able to manage it. You'll just be like, oh, okay, this feeling again, no big deal. Um, and, th and then you'll start to make better decisions. And then you'll know, like once you sit with it a little bit by yourself, that's when, then you'll be like, okay, you know what? This part, I really don't understand. I need to go get some advice on this part. The more you, like, it's just, a, it's an evolution. It's progress. It's not perfection. It's just some progress. That's all. It no is. big deal. I, 
I love that. And I think it is, it's that, it's the building of the muscles. It's the building of the yeah. skills. It's the building of the, um, of the insights and giving space for that, yes. that idea. I love that too. It's not even like, well, we're just going to go like, I almost get this picture of like all these therapists opening up their bank account, looking at it and then just like meditating <laughs> with, the, with the screen <laughs> open in front of them. What, if it, what would it be like for me to just sit in that space, you know? Uh, yes. So there's our there's our Zinni Me challenge. Open up your bank account, <laughs> your business bank account, and just, you know, I just and breathe. Yeah. Well, I just I love like one of like kind of my like a high profile guy in the in the financial planning world, um, and he says a lot of great things. But like one of the things he said is just like he really advocates just like be quiet, listen to your client, just be quiet, just be present. And he's like, imagine if you can get comfortable sitting with your anxiety. Imagine how much you can help other people. And I think it's the same with, with money too. Like imagine like if you can get comfortable sitting with the anxiety or overwhelm or whatever it is you're experiencing when you log into your bank account or when you look at your tax return, imagine how much, imagine how well you could take care of yourself. And then imagine how much, what a great position that puts you in to go out into the world and do great work. I love it. I love it. Okay, guys, if this has not convinced you to go and see David Frank, I don't know what will. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're doing it. So go to zinnime.com, click on the uh, the events tab, I think, and uh, we'll get you all signed up and cannot wait for this training. Yeah, we, I'm we'll, really looking forward to it. I can't wait to see everyone. We will see you all soon. And until next time, go and uh, like, subscribe, maybe review this podcast um, and talk about how cool David Frank is and uh, go check out turningpointhq.com. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.